Okay. So, uh, now that leads us to presenting because presenting is also mysterious. It's mysterious because we're going to physically choose um, to, in faith, present ourselves to the Lord. And yet, the moment you focus on going into the spirit, it becomes, your, your mind wants to tell you, I don't know how to do it. Does that happen to anybody? Does it happen to anybody? <laughs> Yet you know, you know that you have been there before. Because otherwise there's no way you could get to the cross. So you left, you, you stepped over the dividing line between the, between the two realms before you knew how to do anything. Because you had to go to the cross. Um, and there's no way for us to really clarify that process. It's something that the only way to understand is that you have access by one Spirit to the Father. And that Holy Spirit is all of reality in the fullness of times. So, one way to relax back into understanding the big picture is that the New Jerusalem is in the Holy Spirit. Just like the Holy Spirit is in you and you have been baptized into Messiah. And that's why when I tried to teach in that day, everybody, there was, everybody glitched in the room. And remember the glitch, yeah. the chaos in the spiritual realms. Mm -hmm. We missed, we just, I messed with something that, that we weren't ready to look at yet. Okay. So, all I can say is remember that our world works on natural laws. And the natural law works like this. Um, the phone, we all understand that now the phone is not in my pocket and now the phone is in my pocket. Now it's not in my pocket. There's no confusion about that. So in for us, the word in for us in this realm works in a very specific way. Okay. Now I, I can't put my pocket in the phone, can I? But I can put the phone in my pocket. <laughs> Now, all I want you to remember is that in the spiritual realm, in does not work in the same way. Whenever you think of, I'm going to come into the presence of God, you can't, that in, you have to understand that's where everything changes. Because in there doesn't work the same. Okay, my sock is in my shoe. I can take my sock out of the, sock out of the shoe and put the shoe in the sock that I can do. But I can't have both be true at the same time. Physically impossible. But in the spiritual realm, both can be true at the same time. So that's where we start with understanding in, in the spiritual realm. In, in our world is governed by natural laws. Because there's gravity, everything works in relation to everything else. That's how we, you can start to gain some understanding on how the mindset, don't impose your mindset, your understanding of natural law, 
in a natural world on the other ROM. Keep that dividing line in mind. On that side, in works completely different. Okay? Some, some ways that we can start to get ourselves used to it. Because, to, look, we've, we sometimes make it in prayer into the presence of God. But most of the time, we go into the Spirit in ourselves, in prayer. Because most of us are not able to go into the Spirit there. It doesn't matter, because it's the same place. Okay. So... The Spirit of God is in you. If you could just peel the you away for a second and just have the Spirit of God remain where it was, <coughs> then you can go back, come back and be in the Spirit without the you, if you could put the, the you some, somewhere else. I don't want to make it more complicated, but the fact is we have to practice a little bit so um, our understanding doesn't come in our way. And the key factor to focus, because you've got to focus your attention somewhere. Mm -hmm. Now, the mistake that Christians have made in the past is they want to focus their attention on the throne room. Because we have to have a construct. Mm -hmm. a space that we we have to have a place to go to. It's like that movie where the person could jump. I think the movie was jump. In order to jump to another place or another reality, he, would ha he, would, he needed to be able to imagine the place. Yeah, yes. Otherwise, he couldn't jump there. Yes. Now, that's what we do. Whenever we want to think about coming into the presence of God or being in the presence of God, we want to construct a place and then put God in the place so that we can go into the place. That's what we do. Now, that's a mistake. That's a mistake because then we might just go into our imaginations. Mm. How do you go into your imagination? Easily. Anybody ever go into their imagination before? <laughs> Have you entered into your imagination? How did you do that? In a split second. See, we do things we don't even understand. We never think about it. There's a place... And you don't know where it is. Is your imagination in your own head? And how did you get there? Did you kind of chuck yourself in there and walked around in there and then came back out? So you actually left other areas of your normal brain where you normally preside and you went into another place in your brain so that you could go into your imagination. Does this mean you left the other places where you normally are yeah. okay do you see the problem here mm -hmm. so in is a figment of our imagination in does work in the physical realm and we can understand in but we don't even abide by in True. see we don't we think we abide by in we think we stuck we are governed by in the natural world but we're not because you go into the past all the time. And into the future. And into the future. Various futures. Various futures. You know, Very good. We can do that. <laughs> okay, so we see that we already play around within. 
The only difference is that when we're talking about the spiritual realm or the kingdom of God, that's a real place. It's not an imaginary place. And you can't, in your imagination, you can determine and you can change. You're the God in your imagination. The only thing is that is unchanging. Someone else has already determined what it is. And now you're going to not physically but spiritually enter in there. But you're going to enter in there because you're already there. That's the reason you can enter in there. Nobody that's not already there can come in. If you're not there, already there, then you can never go in. Does it make sense? So entering your imagination is basically entering your own world. Because then you create your own little fiction. Very well said. Very well said. And so we, we learn to avoid entering our own will. So our own imagination. And why we, this is why we're talking about this. Because what a lot of Christians has done is they think they enter into the presence of God. But they actually enter into a place they've created by their own will. In their own imaginations. And in there, they're going to govern whatever is true and what happens with their will. And then superimpose it on God. A very dangerous thing to do. A lot of people, because they have a desire to enter in and go connect with God or have experience with God, they tend to just go into their own will. Now, we did talk about this before. The Holy Spirit is the will of God. And the Holy Spirit is what we would call the entire space and substance when the universe has been removed and, and, and has been dissolved. So when the universe does not fill the space that it is currently filling, uh, what is left over is in eternity is the Holy Spirit. And that entire space is the will of God manifested. So the entire, what, what, we don't have terminology for it. But what is going to be in existence when all of the created reality is removed, ceases to exist? What is going to be in existence is God, but specifically what we know as the Holy Spirit. And it is alive with the will of God. Does that make sense? And the Bible says we have access by one spirit to the Father. Now, the reason we have access is because we have died in baptism, resurrected in Messiah, and He took all that, will f that entire space that will fill everything of the, the universe has been taken out of the way. So the space that is currently filled by the universe becomes available when created, the created world is done away with. And now it's filled with the Holy Spirit, who is the person, the will, the fullness of, of God. And that He has poured out into our mortal beings when we were baptized. 
So now it becomes actually a non-issue. The church fathers debated this until, until their time ran out. And then the next generation took the whole debate up and they tried until they ran out of time. And then the next generation tried. And the debate was, can we say that we have God inside of us? So when we pray to God, do we pray inside of us or do we go to another place? Because that was the debate. This is not a debate if you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Because, see, the Holy Spirit in you is a fiction of your own imagination because you have already ceased to exist. You are living in the memory of you. That's your physical being. Yet it is still unfolding for us in this memory of what once happened. And so we still have to interact with the memory of what has once happened. And that reality of what has been concluded and fulfilled and uh, eternally in existence, that has been poured out in you. That's the Holy Spirit. So yes, it is the person of God. And so I'm hoping that this will help us understand that you can just relax into what is already there. So it's a non-issue whether you begin by feeling that you're seeking God inside of you because you've received God on the inside or you have to externally go somewhere else. It's a non-issue because you are the factor, the element in the whole equation that's actually not real. I'm talking about the physical you. So don't let that get in the way. We also want to avoid using our imaginations. Yet, we have to use some imagery to a small extent because we don't, most of us don't yet know what it looks like there. And God might reveal some of it to us over time. But we, for those who does not yet have a, a, a visual representation of that, biblically we are allowed to use visi a visible representation because the Bible authors did so. Okay. So, don't put walls into the space. That's one of the things you can do to help you not confine the things of God to your imagination. But allow, allow there to be a space, just without walls. This helps. And then the reality is that the, the, those that are in Messiah are one with Him and are no longer individual, but it's like the cells in your body. They are there and they are individual. They cannot function or live individually though. So, in, in the, although they are individual, they do form one living organism. Does that make sense? Okay. Now, am I right that if you take cells individually, although they are individual, they can be called one because they all have the same DNA. Is that correct? Makes, am I, am I, okay. Okay. 
Now, if we took several cells from his body and they all had different DNA, would that be, represent a problem? Could it happen? So, okay, if we find different DNA in these cells, we have a problem. So that is how we know that although we can identify different cells, they are literally the same. So this is one way that we can begin to understand that we can still discern, although we know that we are one in Yahweh, we are still able to discern Abraham and Moses and Elijah being there. But they have all been conformed to Messiah. They are actually all part of Messiah. And you can actually still discern Messiah as the risen Son of God, but not in any way disconnected or separate from the rest of the body. So this helps us in a process to begin to understand how to... Because we, we inevitably want to formulate. We want, our brain wants to do something. And you cannot force your brain to do nothing. If you try and force your brain to do nothing, your brain's just going to turn its back on you and go find another door to walk through. So while you're still focusing on trying to get him to do nothing, he's just going to start thinking about um, what he's going to have for dinner. That's what your brain will do. He'll go and do something else if you, do, if you force him to try and focus on the stuff that you're not supposed to construct. So we still have to allow our brains to within understanding to create some context for us. And in presenting, this helps quite a bit. So physically, on earth, I'm going to create an environment and physically present. Because I am still physically saved as well. Yeah, we could, you can think of this as faith actions. So sometimes... Um, it happens like in prayer, I feel like I need to take a step into something in the spirit. And so in the physical, I actually take a step in faith to kind of shadow something mm. that's happening in the spirit. And so that's what he means. So even in the physical, I take a stance of presenting as a representation and shadowing of what I'm doing in the spirit. That's, that it's very important. It's very important. Because, see, in, in moments where we act in disbelief or doubt, we could, we could actually activate spiritual action of doubt by having a, a, a physical jerk reaction of doubt. Mm. So I'm gonna f if I feel a little bit awkward presenting myself in the physical, then I'm going to have a problem over there. Does that make sense? So if I'm going to go like, fold my arms and go like, I'm not sure if this is going to work, then it's not going to work. Does it make sense? The, just remember the movie Avatar. We don't want to go too big into that picture, but it does, it does represent the picture that's very close to the real deal. This is the Avatar. Okay? And we have to still respond to God from here because we're still here, although we're there. And if we don't do things in faith here, then it doesn't happen there. If people just try and do things there, nothing happens. Like in baptism, when he tells the person, open your mouth to drink, that's, that's one of those. So obviously, he's not going to 
do anything in the physical mouth, but mm-hmm. it's that action of faith to that's that's part of overcoming doubt and unbelief. Mm-hmm. And so we do something here in faith to represent what we are trying to achieve in the spirit. Um, yeah. Don't overthink it too much. <laughs> Uh, much of what God gave the Israelites to do in the physical was to help them do physical things that could reflect in the spiritual. Because God understood that they had they'd fallen so far away from walking in both places that they were stuck with physical representations of things. Doesn't make sense. Now God wanted to part the water for the Israelites. He still tells Moses to take his staff and touch the water. Sometimes he has to raise his staff. Sometimes he has to do things. And this has a result or a um, consequence in the spiritual realm. So we learn over time to respond physically to what the spiritual you is telling you to do this side. Now, if we go, I'm not sure if this is right, and we go back into our brains, then you're stuck. Mm-hmm. So we want to respond, because there's an open connection between the you in eternity and the you there. Because in reality, you're not separated. It just feels like you're separated because you're still in the body. And that's why He gives us the Holy Spirit. So you're literally connected with eternity on the inside. Okay? The, 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 the place we earth, so the place where the wire earths is our brain. That keeps us able, it enables us to also function here, although we're totally connected with there. Okay, when it comes to presenting, um, you want to physically, don't just imagine yourself in front of the throne room. Because you're going to have to cognitively participate because you're going to speak to God. Mm. So don't just try and do it all like comatose lying in the bed just trying to do it all in your head. Sometimes we, if we put physical action to it, it actually makes it much easier to get it going. It's one of the rare occasions in our physical and spiritual walk where the physical man is actually active in the spiritual, if that makes sense. It's one of the rare occasions when you are supposed to do it. Normal prayer happens mostly in the Holy Spirit here. This is making sense. So, the easiest way is, and I'm just telling you how it unfolded for me. So, I don't necessarily experience coming through the door, because I can't, because I've always been in. But I kind of pick up where I'm at, at the place where I step onto the red carpet. Okay, usually it's more gold than red. Okay, so... You step onto the carpet and um, and then the awareness becomes a real awareness and a weight of I'm going to approach. 
Now, in normal prayer through the year, I don't have to approach. I'm constantly in a positioning of interacting with the Lord on His throne. Um, my experience is that He will receive adoration and worship and, and, and thanksgiving for a little while, and then He turns my sight to look from His perspective. So He doesn't want us to just fixate on that, because that's not going to bear any fruit. A fruit doesn't make sense. While we're still in the, in the flesh, He's going to shift my gaze back to being with Him there, because actually I've been with Him all the time. I just came into the awareness in prayer of being with him. That's why I want to say hi. And he's going, let's just do this again. Hello. Yes, you've been here. Oh, wow. Okay, does that make sense? So, so we, don't, we want to understand these things, but we can't just make it not be that. Over time, we'll grow into being more used to it. Okay. Now, let's get back to the presenting. So, I allow myself to then approach Him. Because it's the time of presenting. And each of the uh, His emissaries on earth is going to come to present. Now, this is what He taught me regarding presenting. And so, I'm going to connect over the time of preparation connect with what I have to bring from my year. Can I, if you end up in presenting time and there's nothing to bring, then we know what that means. We're going to have to approach and go like, I messed up and I really would like to bring something next year, so help me, give me something. Give me something to walk out this year. Help me to be more obedient this year. But for most of us, there'd be plenty to bring. As a matter of fact, you're probably going to need uh, to kind of get some porters. A uh, whole crowd of people that can help you carry. Okay, And so we bring the, the things that the Lord has gifted us with, blessed us with, these spiritual significant things. And we bring that back to Him as gifts and thanksgiving. So our gifts we bring is thanksgiving. All the wonderful growth spiritually, the new understanding, new levels of understanding, victories, overcoming. And overcoming is one of the primary gifts that you can bring to the Lord. Remember that our prayers are valued so much in the heavens that it's mentioned in the book of Revelation. And it is actually preserved in a bowl that becomes significant in some of the final actions of God. So the prayers of the saints are not just lost or forgotten. It's considered to be incense. And it is all accumulated into one very significant, powerful um, part of God's judgment and grace and mercy okay so remember this so we bring in the spiritual realm um, the year understanding I'll bring Lord this revelation you gave me I didn't just receive the revelation I planted it in fertile soil 
it sprouted and it is bearing fruits of revelation. So the very first little bits of revelation the Lord gave me, I didn't just go, thanks, now I know. I went, I took it, I planted it in soil, I tended it, and it started growing and it started bearing more revelation and more revelation and more revelation. But at the end of this year, I'll take this year's revelation of him back to him in celebration. Relationships. It's one of the primary things that we bring as gifts. So this year, I would be bringing Olivia uh, as a new blessing and revelation mm -hmm. as part of my celebration and my gifts to the Lord. The fact that she's in my life. Mm -hmm. That's the way it works. How's that? So you actually become part of what I can bring back to him in celebration. Um, so all those things, and that's why we reflect upon the year, and we identify the gold and the silver, and the precious stones. And you'll find in this during this process, it also helps you to learn and understand what's precious. Remember, the word says that your heart will be where your treasure is. Now, this is a process of us learning what the what is treasure. And so you might think that um, the Lord gave you a new car. You might think that's the thing you're going to bring back. And then you'll find it doesn't even feature. Because it's not real treasure. But the new relationship that you've built with someone, that's treasure. That's treasure. Um, the, 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 I'm, I'm seeing your honors grow. That's treasure. It's treasure. Because what I've done is, the Lord gave me revelation. I went and I planted it in fertile soil. And so this is then the treasure and the fruit that we bring back to the Lord. Does it make sense? And um, you look at your life and you go, treasure. So I'm assuming that you've been praying for your daughter. So you've got a very good year of presenting ahead of you. <laughs> Because everything you were planting is, there's fruit, isn't it? Isn't that awesome? And vice versa. I'm sure. And vice versa. <laughs> and so, you see. So you see how we, we, we underestimate how much we have to bring back to the Lord. The Lord gave you, He reminded you to pray, gave you the faith to pray, gave you the heart to pray. Mm -hmm. That's what He gave you. You took those seeds and you planted it in prayer. Mm -hmm. And it's bearing fruit. We have something to bring back to the Lord. So, this hard works, and this is the gift and the celebration and the thanksgiving that we bring back to the Lord. And um, and the Holy Spirit will reveal to you other things in your life, that victories, overcomings, all the, all the failures are forgotten. Isn't that? That's not what this is about. It's not what it's about. And you come and you walk slowly toward the Lord and you enjoy every second of it. Okay, because mm, you're not a stranger in heaven. It's your home. It's your home. And you are there by invite. But also, would this not be one of the... Um, greatest worship moments of our oh, yes. year? 
I mean, we've had some. I mean, yeah. we've had some really great and intense worship moments together throughout the year. But I mean, this surely would be the biggest of them all every year because yeah. now you you have like unlimited time to go through everything in detail. So, I mean, if that's not reason enough to enjoy it, <laughs> you don't have to rush through. Nobody, it's outside of time. Mm. Nobody's outside waiting on you. Okay. They have all eternity. They'll get their turn. <laughs> so, it is a limited period of time for us on earth, but it works different there. Yet, there, it is a time, a specific time for things to happen in mm. heaven, but we never run out of time there. So, I don't know about you, but it's my opportunity to celebrate and to worship. It's kind of a James Brown moment. Okay. I feel good. Doing <laughs> Okay. So, so, okay. So, so there's reverence. We understand the weightiness of it. I must also say, although there's jubilation, yeah. usually there's a deep, deep sense of holiness. Yeah. Um, but not nothing weighty, not a negative yeah. weightiness. Yeah. Not melancholy at all. And then you. You have a face-to-face -face with Him. Don't concentrate on what you can see and not see. Just accept what's flowing into your spirit. Because remember, your spirit has no form, so you don't have to see anything for it to be real. It's fine if you catch glimpses of the, of the look in His eye. Sometimes He'll let you, He'll communicate with you through, He'll communicate through things that we can relate to. Mm, that we can understand. Sometimes it's the way that He just kind of smiles at you. Um, sometimes he'll frown at you and then you know, okay, that's not doing it right, okay? Um, okay, let me try that again. I'll tweak But there's an I intimacy that will radiate from him. Don't get caught up in who, who's, where's the son, where's the father, Yahweh's one. And yet they are in the relationship they're there as the father and the son. Um, we present to the king. So, technically, we're presenting to the Son on His throne. But, if you look in the book of Revelation, He takes the scroll from Yahweh, yet He <laughs> is in Yahweh. Yeah. So, don't get caught up in that, because in doesn't count there. Yeah. doesn't feature, doesn't work there. Mm. The in has been taken out of the equation. Mm. Okay, does it make sense? Um, and then... It's good in the days beforehand, obviously, to, to ask the Holy Spirit to help you. What you're doing is you're asking all the will, wisdom and knowledge and understanding of God Himself and you in God to help you. So you're basically asking the you that's used to things to help you because you don't know what's happening. And then you can rather respond with His mind, your mind, and, and it will help you to speak clearly express yourself dearly but it is good to formulate and to decide on how you want to say things before the time so that you don't kind of get confused in the moment and that's why we prepare so that we know exactly what we are focused on what's important what's not important um, we are speaking to the king so there's an aspect to it where it's very real, 
like a subject would address the king. And you don't want to confuse him as your friend with him as the king on this day. Mm. Or him as your father or brother or whatever. Yeah. There's times he will walk with us as friend, <coughs> not on this day. This is an official day and this is very important to understand. This is the only official um, occasion that he has taught me so far, the only time in the year when he puts himself in a position where he's responding to us officially. Mm. So you respond to him as the king. It is an official occasion. So remember the, the reason why we have this official day is because he is going to end off the books for your year. So, if an Israelite was in living in the time of of them being in um, what is the word I'm looking for in uh, bondage in in Babylon, they're already there. They've lost the Holy Land. The city's been burned down. The temple's been destroyed and sacked. They are now living in Babylon. Now the Israelite cannot present and say, I want to go back to the way it was. That's, that's not the way to do it. You have to present in relation to the reality of your year and how things would progress into the next year. You can't just ask for things to jump 10 years ahead. Okay. So road, so you present yes. in relation to where you are on the road. So the Israelite can present himself in his personal capacity and say, Lord, have mercy on uh, your people and restore your people to the land. But understanding that it might be only two or three generations later. Would this be similar to, to Daniel? Daniel's yes. Prayer. So there's big things that we can personally present to the Lord, but we can't say, Lord, I'm presenting my business went bankrupt three years ago. I'm presenting, give it back to me. Then, so we can go restore, lead me into the next season, mm. give me the next steps of things. But do you understand? We want to be understand the wisdom and the Lord's not going to... We don't present for... Miracles we present for a continuum. So that's the picture to understand is if, I, if he granted me with a little piece of land and I was diligent and I had a good harvest with success, then I can present for a little bit more land. Now don't present and go like, give me the whole world. Just enlarge my territory, enlarge what you have entrusted me with. So we're not saying believe for small things, but be realistic, believe for continuum. Does that make sense? Like there's no point in praying for grandchildren if you don't have children. If you haven't married yet. That too. Okay. <laughs> so, so, so I'm just making sure we have the right mindsets because we don't want to do, 
We know the way that Christianity is running around doing things out there. They think if they say it, it's going to happen, and then all we see is all kinds of disasters because they don't understand God's ways yeah. and disappointment. Yeah. So we present, if, if an Israelite understood that the prophecies says God is going to restore the holy people to the promised land, then you can present and say, Lord, in my life, and in the life of my children, my household, teach me and guide me to be a part of the process of restoration for the people in the Holy Land. That would be the kind of thing you want to present for. That would mean that the Lord would help you and your family and bring you back to understanding of the Word of God and His ways mm -hmm. so that you can become the steps that would happen for the rest restoration. Mm -hmm. And He might use your grandchild as one of the priests that's going to help build the temple again. Mm -hmm. So that's the kind of effect. Yeah, okay. So we have long-term vision. We work according to the big things, but we understand it's a next step. Next year is a next step mm -hmm. in the unfolding of things. Okay. Does that make sense? So the, way we, the areas we're going to present is First, categorize the personal things, then the kingdom things. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. And then, there's nothing wrong in presenting your personal things. You're still a son and a daughter in the, in the house of God. And there's certain, we want our lives to, to, to advance. Mm -hmm. We want our lives to prosper. Mm -hmm. God did prosper. Let's quickly go to... Let's quickly go, okay, let's, let's look at the picture of Jacob. Okay, okay. So Jacob, it had to be the Holy Spirit helping Jacob and Jacob's mother understand the value of the blessing that was reserved for actually the firstborn son. The blessing. Let's just call it the blessing. The father had a blessing to impart. One time. Once off blessing to impart. The father was keeping, walking, accumulating um, the understanding of this blessing as he walked with God. The blessing was actually God's will imparted and released, activated in a person's life for the bloodline and for God's long-term will. Now, Jacob is Isaac's son. They're living on Isaac's farm. There's a lot of livestock. He's a wealthy guy. They have wells with water, a very important commodity in the times they're living in. He has his family circle around him. He's been growing up in this general community for a long time. He has friends. He's known. He has equity. His credit rating is, is good because he grew up in this area. But he understands the value of something that's not tangible to such a degree that he does something phenomenal. He, uh, he, he puts his life at risk and he does everything that is required to obtain this invisible treasure. 
There's something that's so valuable. And what is the result? He ends up with nothing. So he got something that causes him to have nothing. But whatever he has still seems to be more valuable than whatever he left behind. So Esau didn't get the blessing. But he's still around. He's still going to get some sheep and goats and stuff from his father. Jacob gets nothing. I mean, Esau does pretty well eventually because we see when Jacob meets him. Where does all the stuff go to Esau? So what, did, so what did Esau not get and what did Jacob get? Because Jacob didn't get a single sheep. Not from Isaac. No. From Isaac. <laughs> so ja Jacob gets the firstborn blessing, but it's not what we thought it would be. So we tend to think the firstborn blessing is he's going to get the bigger portion of the inheritance, isn't it? But he gets nothing. Him getting the blessing costs him everything. Mm -hmm. he, so why did he have to work for Laban for seven years? Because he pitches up, he's got nothing. He says, give me your daughter. The guy says, what? How are you going to look after? You've got nothing. He says, okay, if you want to marry my daughter, then at least work for seven years so you can have something so that you can look after my daughter. It wasn't just an unreasonable thing Laban did at all. He helped him out, actually. Helped him out says, okay, you're going to have to, if you're going to have grand, my grandkids are going to live in your house, then you'd be, you must be able to look after them, provide for them. So I'm going to help you out. You work for seven years, you'll end up with enough, and then, isn't, that's, that's what happened. He, so he could have said to Lovin, you know what, I've, I've, you don't know, but I've got the firstborn blessing. He says, show me. <coughs> Okay, pray with me. <laughs> Show me. That's the thing that makes the difference in presenting. See, we're going to acquire to possess the way that Jacob acquired to possess. When I come out of presenting, there's nothing to see. And yet I'm carrying already everything that is going to become blessing in the next year. And the years after that, because we want to present year after year and build one thing upon the, the next. Doesn't make sense. But the heart behind it is, Jacob, uh, yeah, Jacob didn't just act on a whim and stole something. Jacob, Jacob's destiny started in the womb already. Started before they were born actually already. And uh, he carried a long-term promise so that's what we carry that's what we, we focus mm. and that's how we can discern how to present different things so we focus on the things that's related to the fellowship that is connected with the long-term plan of God for the kingdom of heaven and for his children we discern how it's going to manifest on earth so we can present in line with physical things that we believe need to be in place
One of the most significant things that we carry is the mandate to, to pray and to work towards the restoration of the Word of God in its active, powerful, rightful place on earth. The Word of God is being restored in power. Now when if I go to the bank manager and I say borrow me 20 bucks if he says what have you got surety I say I have I understand the entire word of God I carry the most valuable treasure on earth he goes like that's not even worth 5 cents you're getting nothing And yet, as I'm sitting here, I'm carrying the most value and valuable treasure on earth. Literally. Mm. And you see, that's how you align yourself for, rep, for presenting. With every year, in increasing in the knowledge of God, increasing in your participation in the work of God on earth, towards the finality of his plan, you become worth more and more and more in the kingdom of heaven. So when you present, see, I was always his son, but the importance of the moment when I present has steadily increased over the years. I'm not a nobody walking into heaven anymore. Doesn't lead to pride. It's just, it's just what it is. Because I know what I carry has no fiscal value on earth whatsoever. Yet when I'm walking up to the glory seat, Abraham and Elijah is going. Lord, grant him what he's asking. Is, it, it, we can do this. We can agree with this. So, and I'm going to try and, and ask in line with the big picture. It doesn't make sense. So try and for, for many of you that's starting to present from a beginning phase, you take your baptism. If that's all you have, you take your baptism. That's what you've got to build on. You take, you take, if you've been baptized a week ago, then the time that you have spent in the Word and the time leading up to baptism where you had revelation of baptism, that's, that is worth a fortune in heaven. A person that understands baptism is immediately an asset on earth. A person that has a revelation of the the salvation plan of God, an asset on earth. You carry weight, you carry value. That's it. So it helps us understand ourselves in the proper way when we look at ourselves there because it's easy to think, how, how do I even approach the glory seat? A long time ago, he spoke to me when I had nothing, nothing, nothing of value inside of me. He said to me, 
all the powers in my name. The moment I took that, I believed it. Didn't know what he was saying, I just believed it, and I started responding to it. I became valuable on earth. Does it make sense? So that even the, just the, the stuff that we've taught you so far that you understand, it's treasure in heaven. Treasure in heaven. What you're carrying, so you present like that. And that's what, that's what Jacob's story shows us. He got something and it looked like he had nothing. He left everything else. Everything that was supposed to be firstborn right, he left behind for something greater. Did God sort his financial situation out for him? Yes, he did. It wasn't because he had the blessing. What he promised he was carrying was far greater. God had to line him up so that he could fulfill the actual thing that he was carrying. Does that make sense? One of the great challenges for every person here this year in presenting is don't allow the enemy or yourself or the world to minimize you. Start coming into touch with who you are. This is why presenting is important. Only royalty is invited to the king's presenting time. You have to have a title, otherwise you are not invited. In the days of the kings, they didn't invite the farmers. They invited the landowners. It is very important. There's no pride connected to it. It's important to know yourself for who you are. See yourself for who you are. On earth we're servants. Because we're emissaries. This is the one time and the only time in the year where you're allowed to take your robe of humility off for the one presenting time and you walk into His presence as a son dressed in the finest robes of heaven. The rest of the time when we go into prayer we wear a cloak of humility over the armor. We don't even show the armor. We have nothing on earth. We're saved by grace. That's the way that we enter the throne room the rest of the year. This time, the only time in the year, presenting time, you, you leave that dreary gray or brown robe of humility at home. That's it. So that one time in the year you're allowed to walk in dressed the way He dresses you. Don't dare come in your rags. A true son or daughter wouldn't walk in with pride anyway. We don't come as beggars. 
So Jacob did come to Laban with nothing. And he still said, give me your daughter's hand. Because it's his inheritance, it's his future, it's his <coughs> destiny. Okay, so we, we act according to destiny. Simple destiny. We all are going to have a role to play in the big unfolding of everything. Some will work harder. Some will work, work smarter, smarter, but there's no big or small roles. We all, in the end of the day, were part of the same work. Mm. That makes sense? Mm. So, next year, if I'm preaching the gospel in Kenya, I'm not doing a bigger task than what you did. Because I needed you to practice on. So you actually made a huge contribution over time so that I would be able to preach the gospel. Do you understand? Everything works together. We're all part of the same work. So thank you for allowing me to practice on you. Make sense? If you didn't come, then I'd never go. See how it works? So you actually, by everything we do, fits together to enable everything that's going to happen. Okay. Ah, ah, prophecy, the prophecy, where he dresses um, Joshua. Can you read that first, please? This is part of our Zechariah prophecy. Hmm. Chapter 3 of Zechariah. Then he showed me Joshua, or Yahushua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his <coughs> right hand to oppose him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel. Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, See, I have removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you with rich robes. And I said, Let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head, and they put the clothes on him. And the angel of the Lord stood by. Okay, so just to help with the picture. And then don't worry about getting it right, getting it wrong. If it's your first time, second time, we learn how to do it. I'm sure the first time I missed a whole lot of stuff. The Lord is keeping the books. It's just for us to participate and gain understanding. He's not just going to give you this, or grant the stuff you remembered. Mm. He's going to grant the stuff he intended. Exactly. What, what's helped me in the past is to remember that he doesn't just have wisdom, he is wisdom. 
and he knows all things. So I'm going to present and participate diligently, as diligently as I can, but I'm going to keep in mind that in the end, he is wisdom and he knows what's supposed to happen and the way it's supposed to happen. So even if I don't get it 100% right, he's still in charge and I'm going to trust his wisdom in organizing whatever I've presented in the right way. So don't tense up too much. Okay, okay so it is for us to learn to participate. It will flow over into the year because we now remember and understand some of the things we spoke about. It helps us to keep focus. Helps us as we learn these things to to stay on track more and more because we re we refer back to what was presented. What did the Lord present? So to me, in presenting, I always have a longer list than we get to talk about because um, I'm still presenting, and then the Lord starts telling me what He's prepared for. <laughs> The uh, Let's mind my list. Let's look at your list. <laughs> so in my experience, it's easy. It easily happens with me. And last year it was very much like this. I kind of was still presenting, and then the Lord started telling me what's on His list. Like He was, He was excited about me being there. <laughs> and it's not because I'm important, because He has plans. And he was telling me about uh, what he was going to release and how things were going to unfold. And um, mm. and it's a matter of fact, I can hardly remember what I presented. I'm sure it was important because I spent quite a bit of time <laughs> preparing for it. But I can remember what he told me. Mm. And so this is ideally what you want to walk away with. Mm. Him having said something to you. And then usually I will record it afterwards on my phone, say what the Lord said, or I will write mm -hmm. it down. And that's going to govern the year for me. I'm waiting expectantly to see. First part of this year, it didn't look like any of it was going to happen. And I was like, Lord, did I hear everything wrong? And <coughs> then it started unfolding. So the Lord is faithful. Um, ever since the first day I met Him, everything He's ever told me has come to pass pass. He's always kept every promise, even the impossible ones. Some of them took much longer than I thought they would take, but they have always come to pass. But I'd also, I also needed to keep direction, stay faithful, keep remembering. And I often reminded him and said, Lord, I'm distinctly remembers you saying something about this. So, <laughs> if I heard you wrong, please correct me now. Otherwise, I'm just going to go ahead assuming that was what I heard. <coughs> and then it turns out that I've never heard him wrong either. So, mm. just sometimes in doubt felt like it. Mm. Okay, so I hope these things help. So we can get our mindsets right. No walls. So it's fine to discern the people there. Um, it's fine to walk towards the glory seat, um, enjoy, don't minimize yourself, it's not necessary, um, present, 
um, practice your curtsies before the time <laughs> and um, give it your best shot uh, with the curtsy and with the bowing down and um, then don't go lie on your face it's not the time. the time stand up talk to him let him talk to you <coughs> and through the conversation usually kind of the whole picture will fizzle out and there'll just be an exchange and a, a closeness and intimacy and because um, it's kind of awkward I've done I'm glad I've never had to walk away again because it never gets to that the kind of it's over and then you go into worship and praise and then you actually forgot how the whole thing started you forget and you just continue to praise and worship and that's it and then you realize, okay, it's, it's kind of not your turn anymore, and it's over. And that's it. You don't have to actually go anywhere. But I mean, it won't be, it won't be over until you feel you're done, right? It won't just, oh, all of a sudden it's over and I still had 50 things. It could happen if you had things on your list that you didn't want to hear about. Yeah, okay, fair enough. But I mean, yeah. yeah. But usually you'll naturally go into worship and praise and forget about the conversation and move on naturally and that's normally what will happen okay um, it could happen that you start talking to him about things to sort things out a day or two before the actual yeah I was going to ask about that because you you've mentioned once or twice I don't know if it was in context to the group or in our conversations that um, that you could actually spread it out over about three or four days and I was wondering how does one do that do you like take one day for Thanksgiving one day for asking <laughs> there's um, usually uh, on the 28th I have the f actual presenting mm -hmm. but remember now I'm not it's kind of imagine the king with his The, the, the general of all his armies and his right-hand man Michael. the day before the actual presenting. The, the guy's still going to have to present, but they're going to have conversations before the time. And so, you know, the guy would go like, I want to present uh, regarding the army, but if you can give me some pointers on what your plans are for the army, then I can maybe just adjust. Okay, While so they're just kind of riding their horses to go hunt the day before the... Do you get the picture? Mm. And so there could be a conversation, because we're still in relationship with the Lord But it would be pretty time. awkward if he kind of walks the half rolled out red carpet and... No, so, so usually... A, a, Two, three days, maybe a week before, there can be conversations. He will interact with you. You can interact with him. It's presenting time. But the focus would be on the presenting over that time. Okay. Um, and, but the actual presenting is an actual presenting time. And then you've got kind of a short list. Okay. And you understand what's happening. Um, and if you accidentally, in the conversation the previous day, started presenting something, he will, he will caution you and go like, why don't you keep that or <laughs> why don't you just bring that to the presenting, it's not the time. I've, I've done that, where I, I, in my mind I started overstepping and he just go like, it would be better, far better if we did it there, okay. more special. 
So I go like, okay, happy with that. Okay, so Delps. Okay, that little list, do you want to <coughs> look at that for us? Okay, I don't know if this, we've kind of just made a bit of a list for like pointers, ideas on where to start, things to keep in mind, but this isn't all of it and it's not, I mean, it doesn't have to be just this. You can leave stuff out if you feel it's not important. It's just kind of a frame. Um, okay, so let me just check. We have side notes here. Um, I think some of these we've mentioned. Don't present things that aren't true in your heart. Don't present things that you want to be true, but aren't true. Okay, so very important. Only present things that really are true. Uh, so sort that out beforehand. That's like from now until then. <clears throat> Never present in relation to fantasies or dreams. Only present in relation to the plan. Uh, okay, always present in an attitude of thanksgiving. And praise, uh, and then just, this is not a time to cry or mourn or weep. So even if you do, even if you do mention areas where you perhaps didn't grow but should have, we don't present that in an attitude of mourning or weeping or sadness. Okay, so noble, upright. Noble. Please, the nobility is extremely important. This is virtue and valor. Okay, we present as soldiers. Okay, so <clears throat> we always present as part of the whole. We present according to what is, and this revolves around faith. Okay, and so here pointers for things that we can present, and you can kind of fall in the blanks around these. So, present thankfulness for areas of growth and present, it would be a good idea to present for a continuance in those areas, the continuance of growth. Uh, you can present to the Lord that he rearrange your life according to what will enable the most growth in you, the most fruit, and what will enable you to move closer to him in the year ahead. Let me clarify. Inevitably, in certain areas, we're going to present for change to take place. Uh, we have changed and we are growing. We cannot work and live according to the basic principles of the world anymore. We want to live according to the principles of the kingdom of heaven. But often, we have circumstances, reality, in our lives that would need to change to bring us into enough freedom and space to live according to uh, the principles of heaven. And that can take various forms, not necessarily the way we think. So it's not that I need to stop working. That's not what I'm asking him for. I'm asking him to rearrange my life that will enable growth, overcoming, all of those. Okay. So if the motivation is to align properly with, to be better aligned for growth, for functionality in the kingdom, for bearing fruit, then it's fine to, to present for change. But we want to only present change in connection to those things. doesn't help just to present something should change, but it's not connected to 
to greater purpose and function. So actually it would be good to present it just as such a don't ask the Lord, Lord, please sort out this area specifically and then give details. You can kind of keep it general and go, in your wisdom I'm asking you to rearrange my life for this outcome. So rather present the outcome you want, but don't tell him how to do it, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, we, pres we can present for vision for the year ahead, as well as renewed vision for his plan and purposes with our lives in context to his greater plan. <clears throat> okay, then we can present for breakthroughs in areas or strongholds wherein we were unable to overcome. And again, this would really be an area where we, we, we don't go and feel guilty because we sorted out the guilt beforehand. We just go and in kind of a noble attitude, go, Lord, I'm aware of this. I want to overcome, present to you that you grant me wisdom and strength and understanding and diligence to do this in the year ahead. That kind of thing. Um, then we've spoken about sometimes repeating certain events because in the case that we didn't overcome or we didn't grow, or we didn't do things the way we're supposed to, then sometimes the Lord will grant us to repeat. And we should see this actually in a positive light because what if the Lord didn't allow us to repeat and correct and actually gain the growth that he did prepare for us? That would be far worse. So if he is going to, we, we um, assume not in the negative sense, but we kind of present to the Lord that if there are areas that I perhaps didn't grow, didn't overcome, then grant me to do it again to try again, and then uh, we present for wisdom and understanding to actually be able to complete it. Again, these are just, you know, ideas. Um, then, if there are certain events, and I'm just using like events, that lie ahead in the year to <coughs> come, that we know are part of his will and plan, we present that to him. So this is like, I can't jump 10 years ahead and ask, okay, Lord, grant this now. But if I understand that there are certain things that need to actually take form, that, that according to his plan, and I understand that this is actually supposed to happen in the year ahead, like um, you presented Uganda and Vietnam and all of those things in the time before the year that it was actually supposed to happen, then we can present those things. So before we went to Vietnam in, Decem in December, uh, in September, we actually presented Vietnam and us going and because we knew it was actually going to take form. So there was substance and we could present the event. I don't know if I'm making sense. Mm -hmm. I hope I am. <clears throat> Obviously, if you want to fill in anything, you can you more than welcome. Um, okay, then on a, on a kind of personal level that's not necessarily sp super spiritual, we can present for personal financial provision, for health, for wellness, and all of these things, it's not, an, it's not a bad thing to present them because if I'm financially stable, then that would grant more space and time in my life to just focus on the things of the Lord. Mm -hmm. So not necessarily because I want to be financially wealthy, 
I presume these kind of things because it's part of his covenant promise and it creates a space in my life that I rather don't have to focus on that. I can just focus on the things of the Lord. Okay. Just on that, and I don't think it's a big issue in this group, but it's to understand that side of things. So a person had a year where they survived, but there was financial pressure and things, and there was some hardship. Now, obviously, the person is going to want to present for financial uh, provision. The Lord is going to now look at the books and go, this year, uh, you followed on from the previous year of financial hardship, but you changed none of your habits and your attitudes, none of the way you speak and act, none of the way you spend your money. Uh, you've changed nothing. Mm. So <coughs> you'll go, I'm going to grant you exactly the same amount of provision for next year. Mm. Are you praying? Lord, please, I'm asking for provision so it's not a hard year again and I don't have financial difficulty. He's going, until you learn to change your ways, I'm going to bless you with exactly the same amount of provision. It saw you through the year. You're still alive. So that is something to keep in mind. So it's good to take stock and then present repentance and go, Lord, I know it's last minute. I'm asking for mercy and just uh, just have mercy on me and help me to do it better this year. Um, so oftentimes that would be something. It could be we, we want to identify the the areas in which we it's normally where we knew we had to do something. Lord, Lord is not going to necessarily um, judge us on the things we didn't know to do. But very often make judgments, not judge us, but make judgments on the things we knew to do. That makes, that makes sense. So the person says, Lord, please provide more food for us to eat this year. And he's going, you've got a barn full of seed that you didn't plant this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to allow you to experience the same amount of difficulty and hunger until you plant the seed. So always keep this kind of thing in, in mind. Because in actual fact, he had already provided. He just didn't... The seed wasn't planted. Yeah. Um, so, so I don't think it's a big problem here. And all, all difficulty, just I know that we all feel the pinch at times, but all difficulty is not caused by what we didn't do or did wrong. Don't get confused with that. Sometimes there's just natural circumstances, there's breakthroughs that we haven't come into yet, and then we just say, Lord, I'm presenting our, okay, so presenting uh, that you enable me and bless me so I can look after my family and take care of my family. Mm -hmm. But now you've got to take stock of all the areas in which you need to take care of your family, not just Mm -hmm. the financial. So those are, those are the kind of mindsets that we want to um, nurture and implement so that we walk rightly in, in these things. So it's a stock-taking time before the time, understanding God's ways, and then we, we can present properly. And then the Lord might say, fair enough, you didn't do much, but because of your seeking understanding, I am going to bless you with a 10% more to work with this year. And so it's always merciful and gracious. And so never, 
Never work according to how much you messed up. Work according to how much you have gained to understand and how much you're willing to try again. Okay. Okay, and then, um, I don't know if you maybe want to give us a bit of guidelines on how we, how each member can present the fellowship and the, the ministry, because obviously I'm sure most of us would like to do that. Okay, so obviously presenting the basic things that we exist as a, as a fellowship, firstly so that you had a place to learn the ways of God. Um, we can present in thanksgiving that uh, you have created a place for me to learn about the ways of God. Please make this available. This is what I would present in line with. Lord, we have so much to give. There's a need. People need what we have to give. Create ways. Entrust in, in us with more. More people to serve. We want to benefit them. We want to bless them. We want to teach them. We have, we have something to give create opportunity for us to give it, that kind of thing. So you can in line with that. And then we exist as a fellowship to um, get the truth of God's Word out there in any way we can. So it's a pretty simple presentation. And then as far as presenting for the fellowship and the members, um, we can present, Lord, raise up every member and the entire fellowship to be effective. Um, thank you for the love that has grown among us, the relationships of understanding and mercy and grace and patience that has grown among us. Please multiply that so that um, we, we work according to the Scripture. And the Scripture is they'll be known to be my disciples by the way they love each other. And so there, in that area, we've been abundantly blessed. Mm -hmm. That's one of the areas from presenting to presenting where I can very definitely say that we have been blessed. It's been granted and in, ab in abundance. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that we are now better suited and better positioned to extend the same loving care to others. Mm -hmm. um, Otherwise, it will be led by your heart. Um, open doors into the mission field is something we can continuously seek for. Um, relationship, contacts, um, favor with men, um, obstacles, practical and logistical obstacles to be taken out of the way. Um, yeah. So that's basically it. We, I think we've done enough for the evening. I hope we've clarified things, not <coughs> complicated it. Okay, everybody, have a wonderful rest this evening.